Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Xbox 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, Xbox Wolfman. Welcome to Xbox 12360, everyone. You know me, I'm your host, Xbox, Sean Waltman. In the house today, well, in the studio today, on the panel, we have Johnny LaGuasto. Good to be back. How you doing, Sean? Good, man. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. And back, finally, the, making this return to X-Pac 12360, <laughs> Bill Hanstock, Sundown Motel. Thank you. I'm uh, glad that you invited me back. Very oh, nice man. to be here. Yeah, man. And Jimbo. On yeah, the couch. Just me, like and always. Mark Donick is in the booth. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. I am in the booth. Happy to be back, Sean. Thank yeah. you for having me. So, uh... Anyways, I'm going to throw to you, Johnny. Uh, yeah, uh, no ladies here today. We apologize for yeah. that. We but got Lou. Christy, well, that's true. Lou's here. She's sleeping. But Christy and Denise on assignment, yeah. doing some good things. But uh, yeah, we're going to bring it to you. Yeah, We've got a great guest today. That's right. Every time I, I, I do the show, like if, if I'm the one doing it, I always forget <laughs> to mention that uh, I see we're having a guest. sometimes. Yeah, but I'm, rarely, just to be honest <laughs> with you. So, you know... Um, I, I'm really excited sure. about our guest today, and he, he actually was was pretty hurt that I haven't asked him. Wow! Up until this, did point. you explain to him your philosophy of not wanting to call in all your favors? Uh... Actually, yeah, he got, <laughs> I just that you know, the, okay. Here's the thing about asking your friends for uh, to be on on your podcast. Yeah. Like they'll do it, but usually, like once they do it. You know your your podcast credit with them is usually up, right? You know, usually, but, unless unless they have a great time. But now Xbox One Two Three Sixty is in a place where you get around to Ray Mysterio, and he's like, "Why haven't you had me on the show yet?" See, you didn't even let me announce it. Sorry, jeez, didn't we already Back to one, hey, our guest, our guest, <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, start the show over, Sorry. ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is longtime friend of mine, and, um, and I'm really excited to have him on, Ray Mysterio. Yeah. One of the greatest of all time. And to be fair, I'm sure he's got plenty of things he wants to promote and talk about as well. So it's a symbiotic relationship. It's going to be symbiosis. great. Symbiosis. Yes. Yeah. Explain symbiosis to the folks it's out there. basically a mutual uh, connection, yeah. a mutual beneficiary. It, it goes back to the plant yeah. kingdom. But, you know, sure. we're, we're all just plants, just, aren't we? Just we go feed off of new... each other. Yeah. We feed off of each other. We're all just big amoebas. That's yes. all. Just go watch the new trailer for Venom. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll explain it to you. Yeah. So. Sean, can I drop a line? Yeah, man, please. Uh, today, Xbox 12360 becomes Xbox 123619. Hey, <laughs> That's pretty good, Marcus. Thank you. <laughs> I wrote it on the board, too. All right. Yeah. Did you really? Hey, uh, so really quick. <laughs> hey, man, before before we get into you know some of the news items, um, 
Nick Busick passed away, and his you, people might know him as Big Bully Busick. I was in I was in uh, Dallas with him in GWF, uh, and uh, wa- a wonderful human being, and one tough son of a bitch. I mean, nobody, no, everyone respected this guy. Like, I mean, not just because he's tough, but just because of what kind of a man he is or was. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, when I was arrested and in jail last year on uh, on those trumped up uh, distribution of methamphetamine charges, yeah, and uh, which you were know, dismissed, yeah, well, yeah, but so. When I got out of jail and everyone finally heard what happened, you know, people thought I fell off the wagon and I was in rough shape again. And, you know, uh, when I got out of jail and checked my my phone, like, one of the first things I heard was a voicemail from Nick Busick reaching out to me mm-hmm. and, you know, concerned and just wanting to, you know, wanting to be there. Wow. And that kind of shit means, it, it means a lot to me, yeah. you know, and it means a lot to... You know, just people, sure, good people. Uh, that shit means a lot to. Had you and him kept in contact ever since GWF? Or no, wow, no, I hadn't talked to him in years. Wow, Bill, it's been, it had been years. I'd seen him here and there, like a couple of times. Like I seen him at like a big event or, you know, one of those big conventions out out in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, and that and just a wonderful, wonderful man. And his son was an MMA fighter. That uh, that did some stuff with Bellator, mm. also a police officer. Yeah, he was a police officer, a power lifter, and a, uh, a you know martial artist himself. Wow, he but, almost bench. Pre- Wait, did he do it? Th- Six hundred thirty-five pounds at one point. Yeah, it's good crazy, God right? Yeah. So, um, anyways, Nick was uh, diagnosed with esophageal cancer, and he had beat it and had it in remission, and uh, cancer came back in the spinal cord fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And once it hits there, it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, love you, Nick. And everyone's going to miss you. Wonderful human being. There's this really great video on YouTube that CBS did a news story on him, his first time beating cancer. And it shows him in the hospital right after surgery. And he's just working out, still yeah. hustling. Like, yep. right. like, why yeah. am I just going to sit here doing push ups? And yeah. his whole family said he's always just had a drive to keep going forward. Yeah. Well, one thing, I mean, I've worked with a lot of cancer patients as, as a physical therapist over the years, and it's amazing what your mental outlook will do for your prognosis. People can say, a doctor can say, you have six months. There have been so many people that have lived years past oh, that God, because yes. your mental outlook is, is so important. And I really do believe that that changes a lot. Yeah. So, so, um, Anyways, uh, some other stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, you've got uh, you. You were up to some some stuff this past weekend. You did some things, and some people were interested in hearing about what happened at Cauliflower Alley Club and your oh your, yeah your take on that specific yeah. uh, gathering. Okay, so Cauliflower Alley Club was last Wednesday, and uh, Kevin Undergaro came with me. Cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, road trip or did you guys fly out? No, we flew, but we should have had a road trip because, oh, what Flying a mess. Back was a no, it was like, okay, you know, delayed getting there. Yep. So we were late getting uh, into, into Vegas. And then the next day, uh, the flights were canceled. And so we sat in, in Vegas airport all day. And I think oh. we got back at like, we're supposed to leave at like 10. We got back like five or something mm-hmm. like that. Sort yeah. I always drive. Yeah. Uh, anyways. It was uh, it was really cool 
uh, to see a lot of these people I hadn't seen in years. Um, uh, Bob Cook. Some people might know who Bob Cook is. He was a uh, he was an enhancement talent back in the day in like the Georgia Center Stage days, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was trained by the great Malenko, and I I knew him since, even before I started wrestling, mm-hmm. and every. Very, very respected and uh, um, one of the greatest punches mm. of all time. Nice. Yeah, I had a job lined up, WWF, but he didn't want to get on an airplane. He's, I, I don't know if he's afraid of flying or just didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice picture. Look at that table at. right there. Yeah, myself, Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Kevin Undergaro. Oh, I'm sure Undergaro wasn't freaking out at all being at, at that lunch. table. Yeah, we were, we were having lunch at the Palms Casino. That's great. So, uh, anyway, Cauliflower Alley, it was fantastic. Um, and I gotta say, man, Jim Ross, he did a great job of hosting that thing and keeping things moving. Good. Keeping the festivities moving. And, uh, unlike WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> for, for, those, for those people who aren't aware, Cauliflower Alley Club is sort of the yeah. the uh, veteran wrestlers have set up their own sure. uh, honor honor uh, honoring ring of, of honor, if you will. Yeah, for for pa- sort of Hall of Fame of yes. past. Well, uh, it's actually this: the, the the Cauliflower Alley was, and I'm going up top of my head here, and I. Probably shouldn't. So some of this might be a I can little. Find bit out off. whatever you need. Let me know. It was, I believe, Iron Mike Mazurki started it, and mm-hmm. I think the fifties maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was really kind of just a fellowship for like people that loved boxing, wrestling, and uh, and uh, acting in the movies. And you nailed it, Mike Mazurki, nineteen sixty-five, yeah. and Art okay. Abrams. Art Abrams. Okay. And so it's just basically a big fraternity for all these people. Sure. And. Um, one of the, okay, so we, Kevin and Scott and Sean, or Kevin and Scott and I, we were there to present Sean Michaels mm. with the Luthez Art Abrams Award. Awesome. And, um, basically, you know, we got up there and just, you know, talked a little bit and, and through Sean, because, you know, we didn't want to get too long-winded. And uh, and Sean gave an amazing speech. He was great. Um, so I was I was grateful to be a part of that. And um, so Harlem Heat got an award as well. Yes, Harlem Heat, and they were and it was presented by Scott Casey who trained them. Sweet. Yeah, uh, a young lady named Santana Garrett. She's fantastic. Yeah, really good. Yeah, she was. She was presented with something like, anyway, she got up and she spoke, and she's a sweet lady, sweet mm-hmm. young lady. Mm-hmm. Known she's got her a great since, future ahead of her, yeah. Known her since she started. Um, who else? We got Greg Valentine. Yes, Greg Valentine. What a great speech he gave. Nice. Yeah, it was so good. And Greg Valentine lives in Las Vegas now for anyone that's, you know. Nice. Out in that area. If you need a figure four leg lock. It was so good. <laughs> so good. And Steve Kern, what a, an amazing speech as well. Mm-hmm. And then we got uh, Kevin Cross, who I think is fantastic. Um, he won the Rising Star Award. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. won the Lucha Libre Award. Some of that stuff was on, was the day before, though. So okay. I didn't see Blue Demon. I didn't see the stuff with Kevin Cross. Baron Von Raschke. Baron. Yeah, Baron got up and he talked. It was great to see wow. Baron. I hadn't seen him in, in quite a long time. Yeah. We used to drive, when I was the Lightning Kid, 17, 18 years old, 
I would be in the car with him, you know, helping crust the beer cans when he was done. Um, it, yeah, man, I it was it was so nice to see so many of these people. Uh, the thing about a thing I want to get to uh, was something that was obvious and that and that Jr. mentioned in the room. Mm-hmm. He said we need some young blood. We need some new fresh blood in the Cauliflower Alley. I think I heard Jim. I wasn't there, obviously, but yeah. I heard Jim did an amazing job of giving credit to the newer generation, which I guess is kind of sometimes lacking yeah. at, at, the, at the Cauliflower Alley Club. Well, that's what I was going. That's what I was getting at. Um, such an amazing organization, and and it really, really needs to survive. And and to do that, it needs fresh blood, like like uh, like Jim had, had said. Um, I just. Here's the problem with that. As long as you have, you know, all these guys like my age and, and older telling all the young guys, kind of like Cody Rhodes talked about when, when he was on the show a few weeks back. As long as we're, like, obsessed with telling everybody how great it was back in our day and how all this shit nowadays sucks and how, you know, okay, babe, and this, like, look, yeah. I mean, if you want it to be the Pro Wrestling Preservation Society, you know, okay, it'd be that way, but it's going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to die and, and wither away on the vine. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, young people, you know, the younger people in the industry are, why would they want to show up and be a part of something that has a bunch of people telling them they're, you know, they're killing the business? Exactly. And so, whereas the business now, you could argue, is, is bigger than it's ever been. Yes. And it, so. and Jim Ross said this, and and you know while he was up on stage, he goes more people. And this is something I said several months ago. More people are making more money in wrestling than at any other time in the history of the industry, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And I just I want to take my hat off to uh, Brian Blair because um, not very long ago it seemed like Colorado Alley really was going to die, and he's mm-hmm. done an amazing job with it. Good. Amazing. Hats off to Brian Blair. I'd like to have him on to talk about this, actually. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, you uh, also did some stuff with Mick Foley recently. Oh, yeah. I got home. Yeah, just in time to go do the Mick Foley show at the Ice House. Oh, Pasadena. you were there? Yeah. Oh, my friend Aaron opened for him, I think. No. She was not there. Oh, she. Okay. Aaron Foley. Yeah. Same last name, Mick different person. Kit something? Um, I think she was supposed to do Kit. it with him. Maybe she couldn't make it. She was like brought up the. I can't think of the guitar. Alice Cooper's guitar. There's a, was, the girl, really she had blue hair and she had tattoos. Oh, not the one I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, maybe so my no. maybe my friend Aaron couldn't make it. Yeah. She, right, cool. Well, because when we had so. Mick Foley on the show, he was talking about how he was, it was him and Aaron Foley. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they were ta- talking about how they were thinking about getting Dave Foley for it, too. But <laughs> it available. That would have been hilarious. So, um, okay, Becky Page showed up. I'm Becky looking Lynch. at the picture of, oh, Becky, Becky Page. I can't, I'm sorry, Becky Lynch. <laughs> Top she doesn't mind. It's okay. Beverly oh, D'Angelo. Christ. Come on, man. Would you let me tell it? Please? <laughs> um, so who else showed up? <laughs> um, I, Christy Canyon. Come on, Jimbo. <laughs> like, now you... Okay. Yeah. Christy Canyon, Nita Hunter, or Nikki Hunter was there. Yeah. Whoa. 
yeah. Well, Mick Foley has Wells. a lot. Mick Foley has yeah. a lot of friends there and a was, lot of There was a whole places. part of the show where he said he'd only have two kids if it wasn't for Tori Wells, <laughs> because his wife would always be like, "Let's put on a Tori yeah. Wells tape." I don't even know who that four. is, but okay. It's you know, like <laughs> as, as, as clean cut and and like wholesome as Mick Foley is. Yeah. It's so funny. Like that's the one thing, and he's open and honest. Oh yeah, in his first book, he talks about Christy. Yeah, well, he went on tour with an adult actress at one point, I think. A and couple it, years how ago. How cool is like how cool is Mrs. Foley? Arguably, <laughs> probably the coolest. Is Colette, and she's awesome. Yeah, she really is. What a beautiful lady. But Nick's uh, amazing. Yeah. Um yeah, so Beverly D'Angelo was there and how sweet was that? Like just the, and then and uh yeah, Mrs. Griswold, man, mm-hmm. from the vacation movies. That's pretty cool. Okay. Packed house, I bet, right? Yeah. And also you missed you missed one, Kay Parker. Kay Parker, legendary uh, adult film star. She oh. was in like one of the one of the, the the real like old school classics called Taboo. Okay, googling. Yeah, and so <laughs> I'll make sure safe search is. <laughs> Anyways, it was very cool. It was very awesome. cool. Um, but the last thing we have to talk about is that we had a pay per view this Sunday, our third pay per view in a month. Yeah, yeah. backlash happened. Yeah. On okay. And it sort of sort of seemed like it was the function of them having three pay-per-views in a month. Yes. <laughs> and they were in a bind and some some like okay. I'm just gonna skip around to some yeah, things absolutely. that are on my mind right yeah, now. Go for it. And it's the Shunsuke and an AJ match with the finish with the double nut shot, double knockout or whatever. Oof. Didn't like it. Yeah. Most people didn't like it either. That being said, they were in a in a spot where they needed to continue, continue the story, this, yeah. and they had to figure out how to do it. And that's so, the problem when you have yeah. three title matches in a month. Yeah. <laughs> so cut. You know, as yeah, it wasn't a fan of that finish. What were any any suggestions on how we should have gotten out of that? Yeah, give Shinsuke the title. Or, no, or, or no, Bill, no, that's not an option. Okay, I'm talking about like. With what we have to work with. Not have the match. I don't think it was necessary. Backlash was three and a half okay. hours. You did not. People are going to watch the network anyway. If you're subscribed, you're going to watch. And pay-per-views used to be two hours, 47 minutes. Yeah. Now even Backlash, which is many consider a secondary pay-per-view, is three and a half hours. You didn't need that Brutal. title match. There was not. It wasn't okay. necessary. No, I'm, okay, I'm with you on that. If, if well, you guys want. Why isn't it an option to give Shinsuke the title? Because they want. Because they have. They're bringing it. Further, they're they're extending it. Okay. Yeah, I think this is the plan. Isn't isn't giving the isn't moving the title on to Shinsuke and then having AJ challenge for a rematch? Isn't that extending the program? Yeah, but it's not a good idea. Okay, I like it's flip flopping. It's yeah, but okay. But you love Rochambeau. It's your favorite game to play. <laughs> it is, and I thought it made perfect sense when they were both laying there and the ref counts ten and everyone's booing. I was like, yes, <laughs> this continues. Now everyone's even more invested. Yeah. What's the next stipulation in the match? A cup match. Well, that was the thing. I, I don't know if I was the only one thinking that. Like, AJ is going to wear a cup, right? Mm-hmm. Like how Bret Hart wore the chest protector for Goldberg's spear. Like, it was bound to happen. Well, I was surprised Dog it didn't happen yet. famously did a spot where he wore a cup after getting hit in the balls for a month. And then yeah. revealed that, that he was wearing a cup. And so I think that's probably huh. where we're headed because Road Dog's in charge. <laughs> Hmm. Good point. I wonder if Joey Ryan could fit in this feud in any way. Oh man, everybody has been tweeting him like you're the only one AJ, that can stop. AJ Shinsuke. calls him up. He's like, I need your help, man. Yeah, right. I need <sighs> to teach you what to do. <laughs> How do I get your powers? <laughs> it's so, like the yeah. old kung fu movie. Yeah, so, yeah, Show now, me the way of Dong style. 
so snatch the penis I, from my hand. I think I think we're we're all in agreement. Like, well, actually, uh, I like the finish. I didn't dislike the finish. Um, and I mean, as far as the you know the creativity of it or whatever, but I just I I understand people I, not being happy. I think the problem was they put it as a no DQ match, so when it's already no DQ. What, yeah. what what else can you do? So it's yeah. like if they could have kept it as a regular match, then Shinsuke could have once again won more low blow because people are legit starting to dislike him. He did the music change with the lyrics. Yeah. One more low blow to get de- whatever, it just gets people to hate him even more. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It's an option. I thought they were going to run the gamut on nut shots. I <laughs> thought they were going to start hitting each other with like yeah, chair in the nuts, <laughs> kendo stick in the nuts, hang them up on the ropes, like with really run no DQ into the ground. And then maybe end with like we can't take it anymore, and then do the double count out. But uh, but I I agree. At the watching this live when when the finish happened, I was not I was not yeah. a fan. But I did like the match attached to it a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, the match was good. Yeah, and, and and another match that was great was the main event because man Samoa Joe looked like just a, a, a huge star for ninety eight percent of that yes. match. <laughs> yes, and it was a great match. It was it yeah. was. And I loved it. He came out with fire. He yes. threw him into the table to start with. And before Reigns. the match even got going. And when like right the first two minutes of that match before the match even started, I was like, Samoa Joe's a big deal. Yeah. Look at this guy. And yes. Reigns was selling like we've never seen him sell before. Reigns is awesome. Yeah. yeah. He is. Uh, that can't, <laughs> he is though. Yeah. He is. He's, you know, people just are they just are resenting just because I get it, man. We do not want to be force fed. Right. Don't you tell me what to eat. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh-uh. So, yeah, I do get it. It was a great match, Bill. And um, to break to bring it down, when you start a match off that hot, it's really effing hard to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. It usually fizzles out. Mm-hmm. They did it yep. really well. Yeah, sure they did. paced it really well and figured out how to transition from that. Starting it off so hot and then and, and keep the people into it. And they went a full, I'd say twenty two maybe. Yeah. I think so. And okay, so yeah, there were people getting up and leaving. Mm-hmm. But I mean WrestleMania was just as annoying. The, the main event with Reigns and Lesnar I was disgusted by the way people behaved between the beach balls and the vulgar chants. It's like, I get it. You pay your money. You're yeah. allowed to do what you want. But at one point, do you stop being a wrestling fan and just you're being a, a, a crying. I, I, I think it was a lot more understandable that people were leaving the main event backlash because I understand that you can't finish with the WWE Championship uh, match because of how what finish they went with. Yeah. Sure. But as soon as you end with Reigns and Joe, two guys who are going to be on different brands, and like it was clear, like everyone immediately immediately signals to everyone like there's no consequences in this match there's yes. no stakes see your point and now we're in overrun which no one's expecting because they're yes. expecting it's backlash it's going to be over at 11 yes. and then it goes in overrun and they're like we don't need to see this match because it doesn't matter yes and let's get let's beat traffic because yeah. mm. that was That's I true. was actually there yeah. I was in town ta- I was like five miles away and yeah. I just didn't go right um so uh, what else was on I the show? I think the best part of this whole pay-per-view was the Elias segment. <laughs> Very funny. That was so entertaining, and it got everyone in, and it got everyone on. And I loved every minute, from Rusev to... <laughs> what are you going to say, Sean? Finish what you were saying. Well, like Rusev, and then... Bo- the only thing I would have changed is I would have had everyone come in and hit him with their finish, and then conga line out, <laughs> instead of just having so, Bobby Roode. am Rudy I the only DDT. one... 
here that has a huge problem with Bobby Roode being involved in this shit yes. and doing no, no, all no, this? You're not the only one. Okay, because holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's not how you should use Bobby Roode. No. Sorry. I'm sorry if I upset anyone. I do mm. not know why they're that doing this with Bobby is Roode. responsible for using him that way, but. Yeah. I, I, I had an idea about this. Well, um, I, I think it'll eventually turn into Bobby saying, I twerked for you and you just cheered. I know what's better for me. And, and this could eventually lead to a uh, Bobby uh, heel turn. Is this where ser- just are you like, being serious? Yeah, no, no, no. Like of of um, I hope that's him, not what they're doing. <laughs> him, but of I, I think we uh, everybody everybody that I've talked to, uh, whether in person or online, about this segment um, has said Bobby. This isn't the Bobby we want to see. And I'm like, yeah, but they're gonna use him to that nth degree and explore until they go and 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 turn him to a bad guy. That, that's what I think. I don't get it. I don't understand. That's not, it's not Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode is not babyface. No. 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 Never, not in the slightest. Never, never, never. No, maybe I, ever, ever. Well, never. I think because, like they're doing this because we're never going to get it again, and they're just going to try to ring it till, it till the money is dry, and then we go, all right, change. <laughs> nope. I will say this. When him and James Storm were beer money, that was when Bobby Roode actually showed a sense of humor, and but James Storm brought it out of him. But like, he wasn't a babyface. The people just yeah. cheered him. It wasn't like, Bobby okay, Roode, I'm being a babyface. Let me go slap pans and yeah. glad hand everyone and dance conga lines. Bobby Are you Roode showed me? a great sense of humor in NXT as a champion, but he's a heel. Yeah. He has that sense of humor. Yeah, he's yeah. just really good at being a heel. He's the best at being a heel. But I thought the best part of the backlash pay per view was the Seth Rollins versus uh, the Mist. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. Seth Rollins is on a whole other yes. level right now. What yeah. a way to kick it off. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, a- excellent, right? And both of those guys are on a whole nother level. Miz, yeah, Seth. Incredible, incredible. Yes. And, you know, I had, I had people tweeting me, oh, we thought that was you out there in the IC match because of the green. and Oh, yeah. Come on, man. That's it's not the, even green. Or whatever <laughs> it was. But no, I know. <laughs> whatever. I didn't get it. I know he gave him next factor out there. I appreciate that. Hey. Yeah, I always like that when people do that. Yeah. And people go, how about when people go, Oh, are you mad because so and so stole your move? I'm not using it. Nah. Well, not there, anyways. Mm-hmm. Come on. Does that? How does that make you feel that you you know that there are two moves in professional wrestling that people always associate with you? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple more, but <laughs> yes, but yeah, two is two. two in particular, and one of them our guest today uh, uses a lot as well. I, do you, does he still use it? How do you feel when people yeah. want to change the name? Bronco Buster. Yeah. Huh? When people want to change the name. Of what? Like if someone wants to use the Bronco Buster, but they want to call it something they're, like of their own. Well, they better change it up a little bit and make it their own then. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. You know, I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know. Uh, although, like, okay, when they hit my finish, like, they can like still call it the X Factor. I mean, there is no other There's name. Face plant, yeah, except for the fact that there was it, no one had ever done it before. I did it, right? And yeah, I named it X Factor, and that's what it's called. Just like the DDT is the DDT. It's not yeah. the freaking right. uh, front face like face buster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, I always hear people call it the X Factor, except for on TV. I think there were a couple of divas who used it as a finisher, and they used it they had a different name for it. Yeah. But whenever. It, Guy does it to another guy. I, they always call it the yeah. X Factor. I like it. Like okay, Mustafa Ali does some does a sweet little a version roll. of it. Yeah, I like how he does. Yeah. How he gets in from the corner. Hey, so okay, something that pe- some people are complaining about, and I understand where they're coming from, just because we're you know conditioned to think certain ways about how we sell in matches. 
Although there are, there is no one right way of selling. There are a few wrong ways of doing it, mm. but there's no one particular right way. Like New Japan, or Japan has a different way. Like they do their selling over there, and it works for them. You know, um, and uh, you know, there's something that's always worked here. But like other things, like other ways of doing things, although it might not go along with how we think it should. Okay, let me just spit this out. Mm-hmm. People are complaining about Seth doing the superplex roll through into the Falcon Arrow thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. They're not complaining about that. They're complaining about like Finn Balor or different guys when they do the roll through, they block it and then reverse it and hit them with their own shit. The super, awesome. Showing the superplex. Yeah, but yeah. why not? Why aren't we selling the superplex? Exactly. Yeah, I see your point there. I don't have a problem with it. I don't. Either be, when it's done right, like yeah, it depends okay. on how it's done. Yes, be, uh, okay. For instance, when 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 Balor did it, when he yeah. blocked it and did his yeah. deal, and he covered and got the near fall, he went back down into selling immediately. Yeah. There yeah. you go, immediately. So, I, all I'm saying is like, okay, we're quick to jump on people. Yeah, we're not selling something right. Yeah. And you know what? We we I get it, but. Listen, do you know what's a pretty good uh, indicator of whether you're overreacting or not? Listen to the people in the building. Mm-hmm. I I saw one of the best uh, sells uh, of an offensive move uh, on SmackDown last night that I've seen in years. Uh, the finish of Matt Hardy, Matt, uh, Jeff Hardy versus uh, The Miz for a spot in the Money in the Bank mm-hmm. match. Jeff Hardy hit the Swanton Bomb, leaned back on a cover because he was exhausted and Miz crucifixed him. I was just going to say that and was then brilliant. As soon as the three count, he slid out of the ring, laid on the ground, clutched his yeah. ribs. He was hurt. That that counter awesome. by Miz, I was just going to mention that when you mentioned about Miz being another another level. Last night was a great example. Yeah. He was fantastic and that counter perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, um, I think that's about it for this segment. Is there anything else? No. I mean, I mean, there's a you... couple of other things in, in backlash, but it's just it's some things that like I would have criticism for, and I'm not really. There was one more thing that you wanted to talk about, but we can probably hit it at the end of the the show altogether, where you were with a documentarian. Oh yeah, yeah, I can talk about that real quick. Sure. Um, so on on Sunday, I went with uh, Pete Fierro um, and Nick Hausman from WrestleZone.com, and we we drove up to Poughkeepsie and. We went into the Mid Hudson Civic Center where I had my ten thousand dollar rematch with, or yeah, challenge match with with Razor. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things happened in that match. Like I fell off the top rope and cracked my head on the floor, like yeah. all kinds of things. Um, anyways, so we went there, and I basically just talked about you know everything leading up to the match, and you know went in the building and and walked people through, and I actually showed them the approximate spot where my head splat oh. on the concrete. Uh, other thing, you know. So it was very cool, and it's called Wrestling Road Trip. And, Sweet. Um, That's yeah. awesome. That's a great yeah. concept. I love that. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, it, I think it. I think it's going to turn out really well. Is there going to be uh, this the plan for distribution or digital? or Sure. Who knows yet? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, all that. There you go. All right. Hey, um, so we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to have the great Ray Mysterio. 
Hey, Xbox 12360 fans, I just wanted to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout out or surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebbm.com slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us right now is a dear friend of mine. And uh, let me just say this about this guy. I often say that Mick Foley is the absolute nicest guy in all of wrestling, but this guy I, I think might have Mick beat. And uh, he's nicer than Santa Claus. And he's one of the greatest of all time. And uh, his name is Ray Mysterio. Everyone, thank you for joining us, Ray. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, Todd. Man, I, I love you, man. Thank I love you for having too, me on man. your show. Hey. I know this was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago. And it didn't, and it was for whatever reason. But things happened for no, a reason, man. and now no, here I am. No, let me let me just say this real quick. It wasn't supposed to happen. I reached out to you with with <laughs> okay. one, with, with with ten hours notice, okay, and and uh-huh. and, and you and you weren't able to do it. Um, it you didn't even get my uh, you know my message until yeah. it was too yeah. late. Yeah. So no, man, it wasn't supposed to happen. I'm I'm so grateful that you even took the time to come on, man. That's so always, cool of you. Always, man. And, and, hey, do you remember the first time we met? Uh, very vividly. I mean, I mean, it was, I, I can recall the first time we worked against each other because I was really stoked working with you, man. You have no idea. When I heard you were coming over and I was going to get a chance to step in the ring with you, I was really excited. So that might have uh, uh, made, it been overwhelming. More than Stop. the actual first time that we met. <laughs> I, it means a lot to me you say that, Ray Ray. Uh, so, okay, the first time we met was at um, in, in Sturgis. Wow. Wow. Yes. It was at, it was in Sturgis. At, what did they call that? Road Hog, Wild or Road? Hog Wild? Yeah, yes, Road Wild. Wild. Hog Wild, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and they wow. just, just started the NWO thing. That was just starting to kick off. And I was there waiting to uh to appear on the pay-per-view and I never got my uh release like they like WWE held my release back don't blame them why uh-huh. would they do WCW any no. favors but anyways the reason why I bring that up Ray Ray is cuz you you know Conan all all your all your homies like all your your crew like uh yes. from day 1 man you guys show me nothing but love and respect and uh welcome me into your family man and that that meant a lot to me and it still does Thank you, thank you, man. I mean, that, that's how we always ran. Unfortunately, everybody's doing something now, which is bound to happen. We're like high school homies. Yeah. You know, you get married, you get your uh, your job going and, and your life going, and you kind of tend to part away. But we still stay in touch. You know, we see each other every now and then. But we were always uh, very respectful towards the people that have paved the way for us, man. And you are one of them. Believe it or not, man, I mean, uh, 
what you did in WWE at the time was groundbreaking. Thanks, man. Uh, so did you guys see that stuff down in, down in Mexico? Did you see all that one, two, three kids stuff? Yes. Yes. I got a chance to see some of that stuff. Wow. Um, there's an old school wrestler um, that used to watch WWE back in the day. And he would invite us to come over and check out the WrestleManias yeah. and whatnot. Um, his, his name is Rambo. Oh, Rambo! Rambo, yes. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. I used to be in. I used to be in Japan with him. He was at, for Universal yeah. Pro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Rambo was a big fan, and he took us under his wing, man. Psychosis and myself when we lived down in Mexico. Yeah. So we would come and kick it at his pad, man. Every now and then, invite us to go have dinner and watch the pay per view. So. That's where we wow. had time to, to check out uh, WWF back in the day. Interesting. So, okay, Ray Ray, you talked about me paving paving the way and, and, and all of this, but, man, I mean, let's be honest, man. You really, really took whatever I did and ran with it and busted right through the glass ceiling, man. I'm, I'm so proud of you, and I, and, and I admire you Thank so you. much for that, man. You took what opportunity I had, and... Uh, and you, you, you took a similar opportunity, and, and you, you got so much more out of it. And I'm so incredibly impressed by that, man. I, thank you, Pac. I think, Matt, if you really look at it, we both have uh, somewhat of similar um, groundbreaking careers because when you talk about what you did in WWF at the time, it, it was, I mean, you were with the best. You were with Sean, you were with Scott, you were with Kevin, you know, and and I mean, I don't know if, if uh, psychology-wise, there's anyone better than Sean and Scott out there right now. Yeah. So you learned, I'm pretty sure you picked up as much as you can, and they gave you fake feedback, you know, 24-7. Uh, with my generation, I was in there with the Eddies, with the Jerichos, with the Ben Walls, and you know, I, I learned as much as I can. Dean Malenko, oh my yeah. God, that was the first guy that I, I had a chance to work with. So all of this was, the, the style was new to me, but I was I was learning so much and uh, <clears throat> picking it up along the way that I applied it to my work. And, you know, you, you get, uh, you turn out to be better day by day if you, yeah. just, if you just work hard at it. Uh, so, hey, Ray, Ray, when when you first started, were you working a traditional lucha style? One hundred percent. Yeah, like uh, working on working on the other side and, and everything like that. Yes, yes. I mean, I I had to uh, adapt slowly, and uh, that that pretty much it was a transition that I made along the way. Yeah. Uh, but once it, it's like it's like anything. Once you know your craft. You know, and then they taught us that back in wrestling school. But it was in Mexico. We rarely used uh, the opposite side sure. of of working. So you already had it in your brain. You just had to go back and refresh the memory. And you know, it was it was, uh, it was pretty much easy to adapt. Hard at the beginning, but as long as you went along and uh, you had more matches, you were working with the people that worked that yeah. style. It was easier to adapt. It was, and and so like, because there are some guys, Ray Ray, that that it just they never either they never were able to or they just didn't want to, um, and and that's fine. But like, because 
And they're great guy. They're great in the ring. Like uh, I know, like Blue Demon Junior. and Il Del Santo. Like those guys, yeah. they never really adjusted. Yeah, I don't see it. it it's hard. Like I've, I've been with Santo, Il Del Santo, a couple times. Yeah, probably a lot, a lot more with Blue Demon. Yeah, but uh, it's it's even hard to say if back in their time, uh, you know, they were taught working both ways left and right yeah you know um so maybe that was uh that was something that they just couldn't adapt to but i'm i'm sure and and i'm I'm very positive about this i know i was taught that way yeah Hmm. well maybe maybe if if they had to maybe they would i did maybe they just didn't have to because you know they chose to stay in you know yeah in mexico most of the time and and, and you know what uh, yeah, a lot of their work that they did in the U.S. Because I know Santo was in WWE for a while. Sure, um, I'm sure they wrestled against each other, so exactly. there was no no sense of using uh, the opposite side. You know. Yeah. Hey, so when in WCW, Ray Ray, when when uh, yeah. when I came in, we finally worked because I'm not, like I'm not going to get all into like other stuff, but uh, uh, when when I finally worked with you, do you remember the first time we worked together? Yes, I don't remember the city, but I I recall the match. Right? Yeah, and, I, I was like I said, I was I was stoked. And and and, and I, I, I had a I had a great time a, working with you, but I got I got to apologize to you for not basing you properly on the Hurricane Rana. <laughs> You're not the first one, and I, trust me, I don't I don't take that to heart, man. Yeah, it's you a, might have taken uh, it to heart if I dropped you on process. your head. <laughs> it's amazing you guys remember this, I, you know. I remember doing a um, a hurricane off the turnbuckle, yeah, onto Sabu, yeah, and we all just, we, you know, he just had to catch me and, and pivot to the side, and yep. I take my own fall and I let him register. Um, oh, I let, I landed right on my head. It was much much worse than than uh, when we did it, Pac. So nice, uh, you know. And, and th- these are just uh, obstacles that you go yeah. through throughout your career. And you you learn from them, you know. You tell you either continue doing it and keep landing on your head, or you pretty much explain the basic of basing, yeah. which is not that hard, really, man. If if you have the fundamentals, you know, it, it, the Mexican style. I know a lot of people say, "Oh man, that's yeah, it's really hard for me to take all those bumps," but it, it's really not that hard right. if you think about it. Once you have it down, man, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, but hey, but um. A lot of people just assume they can do it, and and I know I did just because, like I would watch tapes and and see everyone down in Mexico doing all these things, and so man, I didn't realize I wasn't doing certain things right for a long, long time, man. Hmm. Like even just catching guys right. or basing them when they're diving onto the floor. But but Ray Ray, because like certain guys like dropped you on your head, did that make you gun shy at all about doing your finish on people? Not knowing how it was no. going to go when, wow. No, no, no. Uh, um, I, I knew that that uh, some guys could take it uh, much better than others. So again, I, I would every time I would do it with somebody that had never done it before, I would just explain to them very basic. You know, just catch. Don't don't tuck before I before I land on you because we're both going to go down. Yeah. Uh, you know, just. Hold me strong. Hold me strong. Once I'm once I'm seated down, you know you can go ahead and tuck in. Ah, and I'll tuck in myself, so I don't have to hit my head. And and I was doing it with guys 
you know, that were way taller than me. Sure. So even with you, Pac, um, you know, uh, much taller than me. So that would give me a lot of confidence to to uh, be able to do it and uh, and not hit my head when I would do it yeah. with shorter guys. Yeah. That that's when I had more of a risk of, of banging my head on the mat. But who, I wanted to ask you, Pac, who did you see that you were picking up the style from in Mexico back in that day? Well, it was just like I would see matches, um, you know, on videos that people were trading, you know, and it was all the, the you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the guys like uh, like Kendo Kung Fu Black Man versus like ah, the versus yeah. like Los Brazos, and see all these guys. Like I ended up, be, you know, being with over in uh, Universal Pro in Japan, um, which was the predecessor right. to uh, what did they call it, Tori Uman? Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, yeah, Asai's group, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and and so like I would train with those guys in the ring over there before the shows, and for some reason I just never like, I just never got to that point where they were telling me I was basing anything wrong, because I I think ah, at that point okay. they were everyone was basing me, I wasn't really the base, <laughs> yeah. If that makes yeah. any sense, which 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 I I I find myself. Uh, in that in that position, yeah. Because, it, like I said, th- throughout my era yeah. of of training and and becoming who I am now, uh, I was yeah. You did you did learn a little bit about basing, yeah. But once you you had your um, once you had your uh, your style of wrestling defined, yes. With, whether you were going to be a babyface or a heel, you didn't you didn't worry about basing other guys if you were going to be a baby face right. especially for me because of, of how small i was and it just there was no way anybody would see me as a heel right especially growing up so i never really learned how to base you know the the only thing i was good at basing was pretty much taking dives sure to the floor like i would i would literally just throw my body in front and make sure that they hit a target you know, I, I probably took the hardest bump off of that uh-huh, because yeah. people like psych, Psychosis and Hoobie were jumping over the top. And, and you know, I was weighing probably a buck fifty. Right. You know, and they were knocking me on my ass. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, nowadays you see the guys like uh, Ricochet that are, they just work both styles. They can base and yeah. do the high flying. And to me, that's like, wow, this is, this is the evolution of the sport, man. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it is. And uh, speaking of that, like, hey, so uh, when you're in WCW, they had the cruiserweight division. So there was all these people that, more, that were closer to our, our own size. Uh, I was, you know, coming from WWE slash WWF, you know, it was all just heavyweight. So I was, you know, used to wrestling with all guys bigger than me. How was that, right. man? How was that for you, Ray Ray? Um, transitioning from working, like, say, strictly cruiserweight style, where you're working with guys that are closer to your own size, uh, to doing, you know, the 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 matches um, with the heavyweights. And and honestly, man, let's be on. Let's be honest about this: the bigger money matches. Right, right. That one hundred percent. I I truly believe, Pop, that I was. I was blessed with the gift of being able to entertain in the ring the way I have done for the last 28 years. Yeah. And from, from being a high flyer to eventually working 
the bigger guys, uh, just my, my, my mentality started to change. And believe it or not, just picking up feedback from, uh, from Dean, from Eddie, from Scott, from Kevin, you know, because in reality, the, like the first big guys that I worked were in WCW yes. were with Kevin, Kevin and Scott. Yeah. You know, and I I picked up so much feedback from them, you know, on on how to work, how to sell, how to do this. You don't need to do as much. And I just started adding those um, um, those instruments to my work and, you know, come to WWE. It's like now now it's, it's the big man world. Yeah. So instead of them taking uh, head scissors and, and doing all these crazy moves with them i kind of just created a style where all you had to do is stand and wait for me to hit you and then bump yep you know so i came up with a whole variation of of maneuvers of moves that i can do with the bigger men that that would work you yeah. know uh i think that 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 was pretty much the the transition and and the tools that i used in order to work with uh with the bigger guys and yeah. In, uh, WWE. Now, how was? Did you find that difficult, or was it just something that just kind of happened? Like you just kind of did it. I mean, was there was there a, a thing where you sat down and go, "Okay, look, I got to change how I'm doing things here." I think that was it was a transition that just happened over the time yeah. that I, I subconsciously just started doing it. You know, uh, the the more uh, I worked bigger guys the more I, I found myself just finding different moves. I've always been a big fan of, of uh, visualizing the moves that I'm going to do. If yeah. I'm going to pull out something different. And uh, that was pretty much the transition time period of, of me uh, working with the bigger men, being able to, to just come up with different types of moves that can be entertaining and keep my flow going yeah. without even thinking, Oh, I need to do this. It was sure. just a, it was a, the natural me. Any, any major, uh, any major like, uh, uh, issues with any of the bigger guys, like not want to, or not just maybe not if they don't, maybe it's not that they don't want to, they just couldn't, uh, do a good job in there with you. I think the only person that I had a hard time with and not because he, he didn't want to, it was just because he, there was very little he could do. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably Kali. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I had to work. Yeah. I had to work him in, in San Diego and it was a non, non-title match, Yeah. but it was just like you said, you know, just that, that visual of, of seeing Kali and me in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, standing toe to toe, and and him just pretty much standing and and you know me talking to him as as we're moving along through the match, you know. But he really he didn't have to bump. He just yeah. maybe wobbled a couple times and and brought me down. <laughs> so it was it was actually it was I found myself uh, intrigued to see. Oh man, when I found out that match was going to happen, I'm like, wow, I wonder how this is going to turn out tonight. Yeah, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, you look you look back at it, you're like, man, you know, it wasn't as hard as I thought. You know, sure. There's really there was no offensive side on on the on Rey Mysterio's part, but but overall, I thought it was uh, it was 
it was that excitement yeah. and that that emotion that you bring to the sound that only Vince knows how to do. Sure. So for me, yeah. for me personally, I found that like the more I made my opponent, my big ass opponent, like more I like I made their stuff look good. Like I mean, it's obviously it's pretty simple. Like you know. You make them look good, and they're more apt to want to make you look good, man. Yeah, yeah, and and I've seen obviously I've seen how you uh, how you've done that with with different people. Like you've always made everyone's stuff look amazing, just like you did when you worked with me, Ray Ray. When I I'm, I'm going to talk about this. Do you remember we had a match on Monday Nitro from the United Center in Chicago? It was the same night Dennis Rodman was there. Uh huh. Yes. And yes. and. Uh, and uh, I was the cruiserweight champion, I believe. Mm-hmm. And first of all, Kevin and Scott came out to ringside with me. And, um, you know, somebody was like, I think it might have been Terry Taylor at the time going, oh, don't like, he, don't go out with him. They're going to know you're going to do something. And, and Scott was like, yeah, they might know we're going to do something, but they don't know when. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I had this singles match with you, Ray Ray. And, um, um, you know, in, in WCW, like they were real. Like, if somebody made a million dollars and somebody made two hundred thousand, like, right, that was like okay. The two hundred thousand dollar guy better not bump for the million dollar guy or what. You know what I'm getting right, at? Right, right, right. Uh, yep, yep. So it's you and me. We get to the finish. You hit me with the Hurricane Rana, which I took sweet as f because I did, I screwed it up the first time. Uh. You got me covered. One, two. Uh, Scott pops up on the apron. You drop kick him off. The place goes crazy. Kev steps up. He goes to step over the top rope. Um, uh, and Scott still Scott still on all, all fours. You spring off of Scott's back. You drop kick Kev. He goes over the top rope. You back Scott charges you. You backdrop him over the place. He's going ape shit, <laughs> ape shit. Yes. And then you turn around. I spin kick you and put you in the bus killer. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> Eric Bischoff was crazy. so freaking mad about that. Oh my god, he was mad. Kevin and Scott took a bump and flopped around for you like that. But it was amazing, and it was the right thing to do. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> hey, exactly. And uh, that, that was awesome, man. Um, I, re- I recall that. I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, I, I can't remember the emotion of the crowd, but it must have been lit. It was, but, man. Uh, I it remember was. the whole uh, the whole sequence you just laid out. I remember like if it was yesterday, man. I do, I do recall that. That was crazy. I, didn't, I forgot where it was at. So that was in Chicago? Yeah, United Chicago Center? United Center. Wow. And also, you and I had a match. Yep. You and I had a match, and I think it was it was either the Forum or the L.A. Sports Arena mm-hmm. in WCW. I can't remember which, but it was it. It ended up being I had a match with you, and eventually I beat you. And then Jericho comes out, and I'm the champ at the time, and I ended up dropping it to him. So I had a match with you. And then Jericho comes out, and like I did the worst job of giving of handing a belt to somebody ever, because I was so into wanting to have the match with you, Ray. I'll be honest with you; ah, it was kind of shitty yeah. thing to do to Chris. I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. Right. But well, I it was it was all, it was always so great working with you. Yeah, uh, me too, man. I I, I wish we could have worked 
more often. And I know we only had a couple of shots here and there, but uh, we never really had a program going on. No. You know, uh, they kind of had you with, with Kevin and Scott, and then they would kind of separate you a little bit to have a match, and then you go back with them. But uh, um, really, uh, did you did you like your transition from coming from WWE into WCW? I did. I did, Ray Ray. Did. The thing is, is um, when I was coming in, they were trying not to put me in the NWO, which I okay. was, yeah, we're going to make sure that happened. Thank God, too. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, honestly, man, like a lot of, if you weren't NWO and, and you weren't like guys like you or, you know, certain other guys, like you're kind of screwed. Like if you were the like traditional like baby base or like, Whatever the you know WCW talent there, it was mm-hmm. it was rough for you at one point. What were their plans for you if they yeah, didn't want yeah, you in the NWO? I don't know, probably nothing at all, <laughs> honestly. But so they were just going as as uh, as the days went by, right? Yeah, yeah. So hey, yeah. Ray Ray, what's going on? Like I could get into your w, WWE stuff and all that, but what's going on like uh, right now, man? Let's let's jump into some like today stuff. Go ahead, Jimbo. Well, today, uh, I was going to say you have I've your been, upcoming show on May 12th. Uh-huh. Rey Mysterio's Lucha Libre yes, Mayhem. Uh, Mayhem, right here in San Diego at Tijuana Casino, man. Kick off at 8 p.m. That's going to be, this is our third show doing it at, uh, at Tijuana. So, um, it's, it's a small venue. It's, a, it's almost like a, um, theater type, uh, venue. So, uh, we're hoping to, to sell this place out this Saturday. Now this show's twenty one and over. Do you have a different style when you wrestle, knowing that there are no kids in the crowd at all? You know what? Last time we were there, uh, we we were thinking about that. Uh, we were backstage and we were uh, going over some stuff, and like, man, there, there's really no kids out here. So, you know, it, you, you're playing to an older crowd pretty much, yeah. Which is very awkward for me because the majority of my fan base is, is kids. So. Um, you just kind of adapt to it, and you, uh, this is like I said, this is this is going to be our third show, so uh, you you do change your style a little bit. You know, you do more um, uh, more of what you would do in a in a adult crowd, if that makes any sense. You know, you don't cater to kids anymore, at least for these shows. And Ray, why um, why is it twenty one and over? Is it because of the venue, or is that the the choice that you made to make it twenty one and over? No, no, it's the venue decided that because the casino has an age limit ah, and it is inside a um, a casino, um, that's that's pretty much the requirement. They are opening up a resort at the end of this year uh, with like a, a big pool and, and a canal. Um, so they're thinking that hopefully by early next year, you know, it'll be all ages included. So I think once once that hits, you know, it's definitely going to be a sellout because you don't know how many parents have walked up during our, our uh, autograph signing and they're just like, man, my kid was bummed out. He wanted to come and, you know, we told him that he couldn't come because it's, it's uh, 21 and up. So, you know, uh, hopefully soon, you know, they'll be able to let kids in here. So I think once once they open up that resort, it's going to be a lot different. Hey Ray Ray, <clears throat> you know going. Yeah. I'm, I was just thinking about this, and uh, you know when when you went to W. Okay, you were when you were in WCW. 
Uh, how how were you looked at in uh, in Mexico by people in Mexico compared to when you got to the WWE? Oh, completely different. Yeah, I, I don't think I I don't I, I think that's when the, uh, the transition of of um just cable TV and and being able to uh, to view WCW in Mexico was not that easy. Yeah. You know, you could only do it through through tapes or DVDs. Once once I got to WWE, you know, uh, a lot of things started to change. Social media, um, now uh, companies like WWE were making deals with companies in Mexico and in South America uh, to be able to display their product, you know, in those countries. So uh, that that was what made a huge difference, and that's when fans started to recognize uh, you know, that I was, you know, part of the big leagues and not only me, but, uh, Eddie and Jericho that had been in Mexico yeah. as well, you know, and guys that were coming along the way. Yeah. But I mean, okay. I know Chris, but like, especially you and Eddie and, and, you know, for you to say now that now they looked at you like you were in the big leagues, man, that's kind of an understatement, Ray Ray, because you became an icon, like you became like a, a, a like a cultural like you know a part of like your your uh, your country's like you know uh, what do you call that like lineage uh, history symbol the, symbol I'm having a brain yeah, fart the, the zeitgeist yeah, the, like, yeah you yeah. are just yeah, you symbol. are in everyone's yeah you're right there man the name Ray Mysterio yeah. is it you think automatic legend yeah that's you know that's just the fact. it transcends it's just it, like you know Hulk and and everyone else Hulk and you know, mm-hmm. Stone Cold, the Rock, it transcends wrestling. I, you know, I, I, I should have expressed myself or explained myself much better, and and because of my humbleness, yeah, I, I sometimes I, I hate to to speak for what I think sometimes doesn't correspond for me to say it, but but yes, you're absolutely right, Pac. Um, uh, my are- mask. And what my mask represented yeah. for the years that I have put into the sport in Mexico became um, it became cultural. It yeah. became like Conan would say, like uh, tequila in Mexico, exactly, and like uh, the sombreros and the sarapes in Mexico. You know, you were seeing my mask uh, all around the World Cups uh, when when uh, Mexico was playing. At one point, the I think it was uh, two World Cups ago, Mexico went based off their colors for the team off of one of my outfits wow, and my mask, man. and they designed their their gear based on a Rey Mysterio outfit and color scheme. Wow, so man. that just goes to show, man, I, I, it, it's just big. It's really, really big. I think what I've done for Lucha Libre in the years has transcended what anybody else could have ever thought of doing. That's what I like to hear come out of your mouth, Ray Ray. Although, yeah, <laughs> man. You, man. Hey, it's okay, man. It's Here's the thing. It's not bragging when it's fact. And the way it comes out of your mouth is with all humility, man. And um, Thank you. Man. And, man, it, 
Yeah. It's a lot well, to be proud of. Yeah, and and I get it, Ray Ray. You don't want to like blow smoke up. You don't want to toot your own horn. That's why I'll, I'm not. I'm more than happy to do it for you. More than happy. My friend. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but that that uh, it, it it definitely it was it was a game changer because yeah. I remember the first time we went to Mexico with WWE. Yeah. Eddie and I, those places sold out in a minute. Yeah. I mean, it was the first tour for WWE in Mexico, and it was lit. I mean, it yeah. was a type of, of reaction that you would get when we would go to the Staples Center. You'd have movie stars, you'd have actresses, you'd have uh, uh, singers pop up, bring their kids and show up in the front row, yeah. you know, to have a good time and wanting to meet Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Hell yeah. 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 Go ahead. Sorry. Talking about your iconic uh, stature, uh, maybe people are making too much out of this, but... When you showed up at the Royal Rumble again this year, when you came out and you were wearing tights and, and no shirt and you looked like Rey Mysterio classic, you looked amazing in, in spectacular yeah. shape. Uh, you looked like you were 20 years old. You came out. People were going nuts, not just because you're Rey Mysterio, because you, but because you looked like a version of Rey Mysterio that we haven't seen in a while. And I want to know your thought process behind going back to a similar look that you had at the beginning of your career right now. Well, I, I got to thank uh, uh, three people for this. My wife, because she's always been on my ass uh, <laughs> about about uh, um, always looking sharp in the ring and and, and coming up with the best uh, moves. Uh, my son for for pushing me and pushing me to go back to the retro Rey Mysterio. <laughs> he would always tell me, Dad, you should go back to the tights, man. You know, those baggies are, are they're out. You should go back <laughs> <Yeah>. retro. So, <laughs> so he, he, he convinced me on wearing the, the retro Rey Mysterio gear. And, and my boy, Chris Cavallini from Nutrition Solutions, <laughs> he's the dude that put me in shape and was in my head Every day, from the moment they told me that they wanted to be, they wanted me to be a part of the rumble. And we had like a, a three and a half week process, and I was I had already been training and had already been doing my prep meals. But for three and a half weeks, like we really cut everything down. He gave me a, a routine: um, cardio on an empty stomach. Every three hours, I was eating, and my workout was normally at eight p.m. And uh, that dude made me look or helped me look the way I looked for the Rumble. So uh, those three people I got to thank above and beyond. And that, you know, that, that was the end of the story after that. You know, I made my appearance and I was still, believe it or not, I was uh, indecisive because I had a, a tank top that I was going to use with my outfit. Yeah. I was like, ah, I don't I don't think I, 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 I think I'd rather wear it, man. I don't think I look. I look, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm very, uh, self-conscious and I've had these love handles for the longest time <laughs> after, after a certain age, man, it's crazy. And I've, I've been very, uh, uh, I'm very, I critique my body very much, especially yeah. now at this age, you know, and, uh, Chris, my homie, he said, bro, if you come back to WWE for the rumble, 
they got to see you in the best shape of your life like they've never seen you before. And that's what we accomplished. Yeah, you did. And to follow that question up, there were a couple of years ago, and I don't know how true these rumors were, but everyone kept hearing, oh, Rey Mysterio's knees, he's never going to come back. His, his, his career is over. He's going to retire. And I would just love to know how, how true that was and what you did to rehab. Because I'm, I'm a physical therapist, and I'm always interested to know what guys do and what kind of knee injury, how, how severe were the injuries? Because now you look like Bill mentioned, you look like you're 22. You, you know what's crazy? That about a year and a half ago, I stopped using the the brace that I was wearing for so many years that at points made me feel uh, immobile. Like I, I remember throwing my gear on literally minutes before walking out to the ring. I felt it was too tight. I felt my circulate uh, my circulation was cutting out of my leg. I had to loosen it up. Then I tightened it back up. I thought it was too loose. I had to. I had to push it aside and not because I wanted to, but because I was, I was scheduled to do a show in South America in, um, I believe it was Chile. Chile. Yeah. And yet my bags didn't come in Uh, and I had my gear there. The only thing I had with me was, was, uh, a pair of clothes and a mask that I always carry with me, uh, on the plane. So I told the promoter, I said, you know what? My gear didn't come in, man. I went up to the ring without my knee brace. Yeah. I threw some gloves on. I, I bought some sweat. I had my kicks on and the mask. And we made the match work that way. Hmm. And after that, it was like, wow, I wasn't even thinking about the knee brace at the time. Hmm. And I was able to move pretty good. After that day, I stopped using it. And I think that has given me a little bit more uh, freedom of movement in the ring. I mean, I, I I pretty much stopped springboarding right before I left WWE because of the same thing. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't bend my knee to the point where I can reach the top rope and spring off of it. Wow. So I was climbing every turnbuckle uh, oh, all the time. Yeah. So that that gave me more confidence to be able to push the knee brace aside. As far as therapy goes, I just started doing some therapy. And uh, I was trying to explain this to, to Kurt Angle the other day. And I don't know what type of uh, equipment it's called, but it's, it's um, some pretty uh, uh, expensive equipment. The machinery costs, I believe this, she said $32,000. There's a therapist out here in San Diego that's uh, doing some treatment on my knee and bicep because I just tore my bicep a couple months ago. I believe it probably that is a laser. Off of it's probably a late. There's a there's new revolutionary lasers that heal everything from disc herniations to knee injuries to bicep tendons, and it heals everything a lot quicker. And the machines go for about twenty to thirty grand. So my guess is it might be like a laser kind of a thing. It it, it it's more it's more like um like a stem machine. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, but but it's it's missile microchip uh. Um, computer, if that makes any sense. Every time I go see her, I, I always tell her, what, what's the name of this machine again? So it's hard It's hard for me to, to store that down in my brain and, and be able to explain to other people. But this apparently this machine works at the same rate that your cells are working to repair your body when it's injured, oh, if wow. that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. Hey, Ray, Ray. Uh-huh. And it... Mm-hmm. Oh no! I was just going to ask you, man. Uh, your knee injuries—did 
when you uh, like at some point, I, I remember you put on a few pounds, man. Like there's we, you know, at at some point in our careers, we we feel this pressure to get bigger and everything. Do you think that had anything to do with your with any of your knee injuries? No, no. I just I think that had to do with with being on the road for so long, uh, being burnt out. Yeah, and it just self self motivation. Uh-huh. You know, I think we've all been through that. Where especially if we worked back in the day, you know, you just go so long and so hard that you just get burnt out, man. Yeah. And, and it comes to a point. At least I know it happened to me where you just you don't care anymore, man. You don't care how you look. You're just you're just sure. going up to the ring performing, and you kind of lose the love for the pat. For you lose your passion for the sport. Yeah. You know, uh, not in a bad way, but because you're you're mentally and physically you're burnt out. And I think I went through that phase, and I just let myself go. Yeah, I I, I could totally relate relate to that. And it's yeah. just like at some point, you know, when when we finally do get hurt. Uh, enough to to where we're actually out. Sometimes it's a relief. Man, I hate to sound yes. like that, Ray Ray. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's that's what I would say all the time, Fox. I would always say my only time off is when I'm injured. Wow. That's literally my only time off, and I still have to do rehab. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that that was pretty much my time to to be around uh, my kids and my wife. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, man. Um, I've I've had a really solid foundation here with my wife. My wife has done uh, most of the work at home. I should say 99% of the work at home while I was on the road constantly. So she maintained everything solid. She she had things ready to go when I was home, and she had things ready to go when I was ready to leave. So, uh, you know, I give her a lot of credit for, for putting up with me for all these years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Hey, all hey, like unsung heroes of professional wrestling are the wives. Sure, absolutely, yeah. man. They yeah. don't get the credit. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right, man. I never saw it that way, but you're right, Bob. Oh, for that should sure, be a win right. in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, man. yeah. Ray, while we're talking about your knee injury, uh, I got a quick quick question for you. Are you aware that the num- the the only Ray Mysterio impression that uh, wrestling fans know how to do is you talking about your knee surgeries from the don't try this at home ads that would run before really? every single WWE DVD really yeah like anytime anyone I, brings I, up Rey Mysterio among wrestling fans they start doing the I had surgery six times on my left knee, knee. Uh, see Jim has just started <laughs> wow. doing it with me but I, I didn't know if you were aware of that but it was something that every wrestling fan heard 300 400 times just watching WWE DVDs that's crazy. I had no clue. Wow, that is insane. And and that, wow, that was. Uh, let's let's add another two more to that. <laughs> oh, no. Wow, wow. Well, speaking no. of this knee and this knee brace, Jeez. that knee brace is what caused dashing Cody Rhodes to be disfigured, and then led to your whole yeah. feud with him at WrestleMania 27. I want to know uh, what are your thoughts on Cody and what he's doing now in New Japan, and do you hope to work with him in New Japan because you're headed there? I. I I actually, I, I do hope to work with him and meet outside of the WWE. I think, I think uh, after you've been in WWE and you know what the grind is like, and if at some point you feel that it's not for you or you need a break, you know, you need to speak up so you can be heard. And I think that's what he did. He eventually 
uh, he was he was tired of, of pretty much hitting the wall or or whatever his case was. But now he's he's pretty much doing what he what he loves. You know, he's still wrestling. He's working with uh, I'd say uh, one of the biggest companies in Japan and is starting to make a big impact here in the U.S. as well. You know, um, but I, I, I truly hope to, to see him in the ring one day at the New Japan. Uh, I'm actually heading up there June 9th. Uh, Osaka. Osaka. Dominion. Yes. Uh-huh. Who are you working with? Um, I, uh, I don't know yet. They don't have the, the card up yet, but I know for a fact that I'm not working, Cody. Uh, he has something else going on. Yeah. Um, but I hope we can we get a chance to work that one day. Are we going to get that match with you and Liger that we didn't get at Long Beach? I truly hope so. <laughs> um, I was really bummed out when that happened, man. Uh, I was looking so forward to to uh, revisiting that match. I was actually not too a couple of days ago. I was going back on <laughs> on the network, and I went back and I saw the match that we had back in I want to say it was '98, maybe in WCW. And I was like, wow, it, really? This match was like this? Like, man, I, I know we could have done much more. <laughs> huh? So I was a little bit disappointed with what I saw. And I, I know that if, if uh, that match happens again, that uh, I'm sure we're going to put on a better better performance for the fans. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ray Ray, are you going to be at All In? Uh, no, I'm not going to be in there. Oh man, I was hoping to see you there. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ho- hopefully. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, did, did you see that Long Beach um, show for New Japan? I did. I absolutely did. Watch the whole thing. Yeah. How Liger's got to be what? In his 50s? 50s? He's yeah. in his 50s. Yeah. yeah. Well, I enjoyed the, the hell way, out of it. The yeah. way he, yeah. The way he moved. I was like, wow, this dude doesn't age, man. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing him in Japan, uh, in Japan, in London uh, last year, I want to say maybe September, October. Um, and I didn't get to see his match. I just uh, stopped by the locker room and said hi to him. And I hadn't seen him work, but I, I did get a chance to see him front row uh, in Long Beach yeah. against Osprey. And wow, I was like, man, this. Yeah. Liger is still going for his age, man. He, he adapts very well. Yeah, so for sure. that actually made me want to have a match even more with him, you know. What about Osprey? That's what's up. I want oh, to see that one. <laughs> that, he, that dude is crazy, man. I, I had a chance to wrestle him in uh, in the UK. We, we went at it, man. Uh, he, he brought out a lot of the old school best of me. Um, nice. That kid is awesome. He is awesome. So like that makes on another level. That makes me think like okay these days and where you're at in your career like right now would you rather uh, be matched up with guys like Osprey or just uh, just like big names not having to be like for instance doing a cruiserweight style how which how would you rather I, do that nowadays? I I, I wouldn't mind uh, facing the newer generation uh-huh. that is that is uh liked by by the fan base now yeah and give them that one match that they all want to see because i know they talked a lot about um seeing me and and per se uh osprey but here in the u.s 
you know, yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that one more time here and let the fans enjoy a good match, a high-flying match, old school versus new school. Wow. You know, same with Ricochet, uh, doing a match with Ricochet. Um, in WWE, I know that the, the talk is, man, we'd love to see AJ and uh, against Ray. You know, mm. um, although AJ is on a completely different level, he's not in the cruiserweight level. But I would love to give the fans at least that one um, dream match that they want to see. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And and here's the thing: like, you're definitely uh, beyond uh, being pigeonholed into cruiserweight. Uh, you know. Ended the end of that category like a long time ago, man. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you and AJ is 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 a big. That's to me, that's a big money dream match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I could go back to to uh, um, even though that's that's pretty much that's always been my style. Yeah, but to to do that on a, a night to night basis. I think it's a little little rough on yeah. the body, hey. um, but I, I tell you what, Pac, I do enjoy working the big man style a lot, man. Yeah, um, and we we picked this up from Scott. From Scott, uh, you know, being able to sell for me is is probably one of the best things that I've learned throughout the years. So I love just uh, taking nice bumps and making the the heel look good. Yeah, man. Hey, so okay, can you explain in your mind what what? In your mind, the difference between the cruiserweight style and say like the main event style. Can I explain the the difference between styles? Yeah, for you, like because I mean, it's, I, here's the thing, Ray Ray is, uh, it's hard to tell the difference these days because a lot of the main event guys are doing cruiserweight stuff, but the, but the still the yeah. style of match is still different if you go and watch. Yeah, um, I I think. At, at least I've noticed throughout the times that I've seen WWE recently, I've noticed that they, um, I don't know if they have held back that division and and uh, not let the cruiserweight do as much uh, as we used to do back in the day because we used to go all out, man. I yeah. mean, we would go crazy. Um, but I, I know of a couple of wrestlers that I know they could do a lot better, but when you see him on TV, you're like, man, I, I know that you can wrestle. Why is he not pulling up a lot of his moves that he normally does? So I don't know if that's something that's being controlled or they just uh, desire not to, not to do as much in the ring. Yeah. Now with, with the main events, I think main events always, uh, it's good to throw every now and then, uh, a high flying move or or something to to uh, turn the crowd up, but I I think now it's it's hard because that main event division it's guys like um, Seth Rollins like AJ yeah. you know who have done that cruiserweight style you know all their life so that's what they know how to do. It's just I, the- just, I just think the evolution of wrestling now is is beyond that yeah. that main that uh main event style yeah. it's just big man style it's changed yeah and i just think like the so like we're talking about rollins and, and aj and different guys being you know in the heavyweight division uh but still doing the 
the cruiserweight moves. It's just the pacing and the way you know, and 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 that of the match is is different from my perspective. Yeah, the, yeah, the Salim, yes. exactly the 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 doing the moves, but not periodically or yeah. one after another. You know, one big move, good time to sell. Yeah. Transition, another big move, good time to sell. You know, uh, um, that, that Eddie was so good at teaching me that man, and I and <clears throat> I I picked up so much from him on on when to to do certain moves, yeah, and how to how to just get back and relax and then move on to the next spot. And and have have you always at one like a lot of guys I talk to them Ray Ray and um they don't hear the people when they're out there in the ring. You know, um That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I a lot of guys, man, and uh and that is crazy to me because I it's hard to really uh to really like you know do things at the right time when you can't hear can't hear them. Did but you of course. were you ever at that point like early on did you ever uh like, were you ever at a point where I, you couldn't hear them, or you weren't like mindful of that? Yeah, yes, one hundred percent. I think we are. Well, I know I went through it. Um, you, you kind of get overwhelmed um, by either the amount of people that are in the arena, yeah, or your nerves just get to you for having the match that you're about to have, or. Uh, you just happen to block out everything around you and you're, you're just focused on, on you and your opponent. Uh, but I, I actually learned how to just push that away and, and listen to the crowd. Yeah. And again, believe it or not, I'm, I hate to be bragging about this, but I'm actually, I'm proud to, to say it, but Eddie was, was that type of person. Sometimes he wouldn't like to call spots with me, and he would just say, just listen to me out there, okay? Because he would go based off the crowd's reaction. Yeah. So I, I picked up that feeling from him. It's almost like a comedian going up on stage and just telling one joke after another, knowing that he's not getting a reaction. You know, he needs to change up a game because yeah. there's no applause, there's no laughing, man. So, so you got to do something different. Yeah, you know, I know. Something's like, not working. You got to change it up. And when it, that's funny how you put that. Like when when you're out there and people aren't buying what you're selling, then the pace gets even more frantic because it's like, oh my god, they're not buying it. Let's try this. And then when that, when that's not working, and pretty much it's just a race to the finish line. Then let's get this yeah, over yeah, with. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the best the best thing to have in those circumstances is patience. Yeah, right. Like let let them let them come. Uh, I remember Arn saying that, you know, uh, many times to to the younger guys. You know, if the fans don't start coming, wait. Yeah. Keep them there. That hold, and they're gonna come. They're eventually gonna come. So uh, if they just, care you about you, well, patience. The caveat the caveat is is they have to actually care about you. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Ray, Ray, Ray. Man, all these phases. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was, no, no, I was, gonna, I was saying that all all these phases throughout your career that you learned. You know, it's it's not just stepping in the ring and knowing how to do uh, uh, moves and be able to sell. You know, you have to have timing. You have to have patience. You have to 
know how to be or where to be for the guy to land on top of you, to base, uh, to jump off the top rope. You know, there's so many phases and obstacles throughout this uh, this sport that you have to be aware of. Yeah. Hey, Ray, um, we're getting uh, towards the end of this, man, uh, and I'm grateful for your uh, for you spending your time with. Let me uh, let me just go around the room here, and, and anything that you guys wanna uh, wanna ask. I just want to say uh, we've actually met once before, and you were just everyone talks about what an incredible, humble, amazing person Ray Mysterio is, and that was my experience too. Do you remember the event in Phoenix that where you wrestled Kurt Angle? It was a mixture of MMA yeah. wrestling. Yeah. So I yes, was. I do. Yeah, I was there helping out, and you beat me in a uh, arm wrestling match. I don't know if you remember. It's just really something silly we did in the moment. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but you were all on board. Yeah. You were all on board with it, and uh, and it was really fun. And so, um, yeah, just to lo- the longevity along with the greatness, and and just how you've handled yourself is just something that needs to be applauded. And I know you're too humble to say it, but. Uh, yeah, I just want to say it. And so on behalf of everyone who's ever watched you and, and loved wrestling, and, and the word the words Rey Mysterio is more than just a person yeah. in the business. So. Yeah, it is. Well, Thank you. Thank I, you, man. I was, that means a lot. I was curious because Lucha Underground Season 4 is returning this June. I was wondering if there's anything that you think WWE could learn from Lucha Underground. Wow. Um, it, it, that, that's actually a... Um, hard question to answer because I've been on both sides and uh, I actually love Lucha Underground's production. Mm-hmm. I love the concept behind it. Um, uh, just the, the way the way they're, they're portraying Lucha Libre is completely different, man. You know, uh, the way the fans get a chance to see it through television is like a movie. So I think that that's, that's uh, what's really hooking the audience is the fact that they're seeing a different product um, with WWE. I know WWE has, that, has done that and is probably the best at doing that uh, throughout the years is how to change their product and make it better every phase that they have throughout that company. So uh, I don't see why it would hurt WWE to go through a new phase. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the Attitude Era, which I think was probably one of the best eras that they've had. Um, you know, but sometimes it's hard to cater to all the fans. So it all, I think it all depends to um, what type of fans are you catering to? And you have two shows, Raw and SmackDown, you know, so you can pretty much cater to whoever you want. But I think a change is always good. Uh, Lucha Underground has made a change in wrestling. Um, I think now it's time for WWE to make it and come come back with something impactful. So, um, um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I feel like um, the storylines get too repetitive. There's so much talent right now in, in WWE. Incredible talent. Uh, it's just a matter of how to use it. Uh, Lucha Underground has a roster that is unbelievable. You know, uh, I'm sure you guys are very aware of Penta and Fanny. Yes. You know, this, this is like the, the upcoming uh, Mexican Lucha Libre superstars. So um, and there's a list that goes on. Um, but I just I just think the use of, of the multi-talent 
uh, like we did back in the Attitude Era, to be able to have a little bit of something for everyone, I think that makes a huge difference. While we're talking about talent, Ray, I got one last question for you. You've worked with so many companies over the last few years, and you're seeing so much of the talent that's out there. In Ray Mysterio's mind, who's the best high flyer in the world right now? Oh, oh, you got me there. Uh, uh, two, two of my, uh, I, I want to say, I, I, I guess this answer is fair because they're from different countries. So I'm going to do one from each country: Mexico, <laughs> Ray Phoenix, yes, okay, U.S. Ricochet and U.K. Osprey. There you go. Nice. nice. Yeah, hard to argue like, uh, with that. I'd love to see them in a three-way. What about Japan? Uh, <laughs> Japan. You could also say Osprey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess he counts, right? Because yeah, sure. he's part of New Japan. Double dipping. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Dra- Dragon Lee is awesome, man. He yeah. is awesome. Bandito yeah. has been in PWG lately. Ben- he is killing it. Bandito. Yeah, he's amazing. I also love Aerostar. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. Nice. He's hey, actually, Bandito, I'm, I, I might get a chance to work with him uh, on the 16th of June if that show happens here in Tijuana. Awesome. awesome. Nice. Yeah. Ray, Ray, how is it being like one of these guys? Okay, first of all, I, in my opinion, and we were talking about this earlier, uh, it's not really a better time to be a wrestler. Like, for the wrestling fans, for the wrestlers... Like there's more wrestling out there for everyone to consume, like and it's easy and it's like right there at everyone's fingertips, uh, or at, right. on their devices, uh, and so like certain guys are able to be free agents and just go around main event and all the biggest con- companies in the world. Man, how does it feel? It feels awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like you never at first when you when you're part of uh, the biggest company in wrestling history. WWE and you're scared to step out because you really don't know what you're going to face out there. Yes. Uh, it is, it is scary. There's a lot of guys have tried it and not to say that they failed, but it's, you know, it's been limited, but it, it, it didn't have the boom that it has now or that it's had for the last two to three years. You know, wrestling just blew up like crazy. Just like you said, Pac. Yeah. You know, in the UK, it's it's huge. Mexico, it's huge. Japan. Uh, and you have so many options where you can go. You know, all you have to do is, is uh, be good at what you do. You know, <clears throat> there's so many independent companies here in the U.S. too that blows me away. You know, so uh, you just have to be confident about what you do, man, and, and know that you can go out there and... and light that place up yeah you know if you're good at what you do you're gonna get work wherever you yeah. go and if you're a big and if you're a big enough deal you can go uh you know be part of like a company like arrow lucha and 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 own a piece of it yeah. and own a piece of course that's what's course, up this is the first uh the first company that is public but that is actually offered to the fans i mean not now you can uh not only be a fan but you can uh you can own shares of the company. You can have a voice that, where you can be heard, you know, whether it, uh, you want to see a certain match, you know, that you've been wanting to see uh, within the talent of Aerolucha, you know. Uh, but it's, it's, this is, like I said before, this is the evolution of wrestling. How, I mean, we would be talking about this five, ten years ago, 
man, you pray that's never going to happen. And it, it, we're actually living it now. It, it's this era of, of wrestling slash lucha uh, that is booming. Nice. Hey, man. Hey, Ray Ray. Um, yes. I'm sir. so grateful that you spent all this time with us today, man. And uh, and we're going to cut you loose. Um, I'm sure you've got other things going on with the rest of your day. But I thank you so much, man. I love you very much. Nah, you, you, I wasn't, like, I wasn't just saying this, man. You are, like, literally, man, like, the you're nicer than Mick Foley. And that's hard to say, man. It's hard to talk being nicer than Mick Foley. You are an angel on this earth, man. You are literally an angel walking this earth, man. And and I um and thank you so much, man. I can't wait to see you again. Nah, thank you, Park. It was good seeing you at uh, at New Orleans. And I think me and Foley are gonna have to go at it to see who's yeah. uh, the nicest uh, wrestler out there. I haven't had a chance to step in the ring with Foley, man, so I never did have the chance, so uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll happen one day. But uh, uh, I do want to put this out there, though, before we leave. Yeah. That uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy and honored to to uh, uh, pass the torch on to my son, man, who's actually training right now. Oh, wow. Um, he, he's moving along with his training, and uh, there's nothing that that excites me and and makes me feel proud uh, as to what my son is doing right now, yeah, which is following in my footsteps. Yeah. I think we all, uh, being in this business, as hard as it is and as rough as it is, you know, when we have our kids, you know, you all obviously hope that your kid would follow in your footsteps one day. And that day came uh, about two and a half years ago with my son. So, uh, um He's actually doing a good job going throughout his his, uh, his training uh, phases. He started in Tampa uh, last year with, with Jay Lethal. Oh, wow, man. Uh, he trained for about four months. Okay. Yeah. He moved out there for five months, went to work and started training. He trained with Jay for four months. He's back home now. And in September, he goes up to Canada to train with Lance, Lance wow. Storm. Wow. So, so you're, you're getting... sending him to the camps. Yeah, man. Nice. That's yeah. how you do it. Has he yeah. had a match yet? No. No, he hasn't had a match. It's funny how, how uh, promoters call to book me. Yes. And at the end of the conversation, they'll just throw out, hey, and then, I mean, if you want to bring your son out here and he wants to come <laughs> out, you know, We'll take care of him. Like, no, nah, he's not ready yet. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be the first. I'll be the first to say, he's definitely not ready. He's he's in the learning process. But uh, overall, I have this mentality on how I want to prepare him to to be better than his old man because oh, I know man. he will be. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm that positive that he's going to be better than his old man, and I want to take him around and learn from different camps. Like I said, he did Jay Lethal first. Uh, he'll go up with Lance Storm. He'll come back. Uh, I want to get him into the New Japan camp. But they just opened up in L.A. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, get him into Booker T's school. Man. And uh, I might even send him to Japan for a couple months. And hopefully within the next year and a half, if he's ready, uh, I'll be the last to... to uh, to take care of him. I'll just finish him up and polish him so he can be ready to go. 
Wow, man. I think the coolest thing about this wow. is no one could ever tell him, like, you're only where you're at because you're Ray's kid. Yeah. Hearing all of these things that he's going to have to go through to get to the level where you say he's ready to perform in front of people. Yeah. Right. This is amazing. It's an itinerary. I, I actually, wow, I never never thought of it that way. But, but yeah, I want him, I want him to, uh, to learn, if you can say the hard way. Uh, I know our, our training was completely different when we were growing up. Uh, but with him, with him, I definitely want him to feel a little bit of, of what it feels like to be on your own yeah. and to be on the road and to just wake up, go to training school, wrestling school, and then come back home and rest. And then you're up again. You know, I think Lance probably has the, the hardest schedule. I think he was saying it's something like five days a week. Yeah. Uh, it's four, I'm sorry, four days a week, uh, five hours a day. And Lance... I my hat go out to him, man. Much respect to him because uh, on top of throwing him in with his class, he said that he would do uh, a personal one-on-one lessons with him. So, man, I'm I'm truly blessed to have had uh, uh, or to have Lance train my kid, man. Wow. That's a, that's a great opportunity. And and thank God, Ray Ray, um, professional wrestling in 2018 is a lot different than it was. When when we were coming up, and it's a lot better place uh, for for a young person to be coming up in, man. You know, uh, people. Yes, people are right. people are better people in wrestling now, and you know, not that there wasn't good people back when we started, but there was a lot of bad ones, and there was a lot of yeah. bad things that <laughs> went on that really don't go on that much anymore, man. And I'm grateful for that, and and it makes it a lot easier to. Uh, to you know, be supportive of of, one, of of our kids getting involved. Yes, yes, yes. You know what? I actually thought about that, Pac, uh, a couple of days ago. That actually crossed my mind. I was like, "Wow, what am I getting my son into?" And then I said, "Well, no, this generation is, is just different. It's yeah. different, man. The, the The sport is different. The sport has changed so much. You know, you don't see what you used to see back yeah. in the day. So, uh, you're right. We are blessed to be able to." to guide our kids if they wanted to be a part of wrestling, you know, because wrestling has changed so much in the last couple of years. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing, uh, how this turns out. So, so everybody like Ray, 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 your, 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 uh, Twitter and your Instagram real quick. Um, Instagram is six one nine. I am Lucha Facebook and Twitter is at Ray Mysterio. Awesome. And the upcoming show this weekend? Uh, the upcoming show is going to be this Saturday, uh, May 12th, at the Quan Casino in San Diego, California. And we kick off at 8 p.m. It's Ray Mysterio Lucha Libre Mayhem. We got to awesome. sell this bad boy out, man. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we want to come back with, with a, a bigger and better event. Sweet. Yeah. Well, awesome. thank you so much. Thank you, Ray Ray. I appreciate it, man. Love you, my hey. friend. Thank you, man. Love you too, man. Thank you, guys. Much love. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Ray. All right. Amazing. See you, Ray. All right. Well, so good. That's yeah. a show right there. Yeah, yeah, man. And and we went a little bit long, but if I could get my, you know, I, that was my chance just now uh, to catch up with an old sure. friend of mine that I haven't had a chance to yeah. uh, 
to talk with, That's like great. for an extended amount of time. Yeah, so I thank you to him for two more hours. Yeah. I appreciate every, I appreciate everyone being patient and sitting there for a lot of that. Oh, um, awesome. It's great to just sit back and listen. Yeah, uh, and so we might as well uh, wrap this thing up, uh, Jimbo. I don't have any of your upcoming dates. All right. Okay, so follow us on Twitter, Sean on Twitter <laughs> at the Real Xbox on tw- uh, on Instagram Xbox One Two Three Sixty, Facebook Xbox One Two Three Sixty Show. Be sure to buy the shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waldman. And thank you to Abby Newton for this awesome yeah. picture of Lou that she sent so us. Good. Those listeners, uh, check Sean's Twitter. We'll post a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. There we go. Uh, I'm no longer at Uprox, but I encourage you to still support with Spandex. So go to withspandex.com, uprox.com slash pro wrestling. You can find me on all social media at Sundown Motel. I was going to say, I bet you're still at the Sundown Motel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't have to change it there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Jay Quasto, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Television tapings this Sunday in Port Wyneme. Also, you can watch Worldwide on Fight TV. And there's a new promotion starting up called Blackcraft Wrestling. Big event, August 24th in Pittsburgh. And I'll be lead commentator. Very excited about that. Yeah. And so um, with that being said, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you here next week after Buzz TV, the Jericho Network, and Westwood One. All right. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, Christy Olson, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at TheRealXpoc and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.